With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is going on, everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. And this one is the Game Week 4 preview. So I'm going to go through some of the latest talking points as well as answering some of your questions. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And let's jump into it. So lots of people seem to be making defender transfers this week. So let's look at the options you could bring in. I think top of my list would still be Ben Chilwell. If you don't already own him, it's not too late to get him. He'll only cost you 5.8 million. He's extremely attacking, playing in this left wing role. And the fix are still good for Chelsea so if you need to get a defender you don't own him and you've got the money he would be my number one target after that it's probably Kieran Trippier but I think him and Ruben Diaz are quite close in terms of who is the better option to bring in in game week four they've both got their pros and cons so with Diaz he's going to cost you a million less he's only 5.5 versus Trippier that's 6.5 that money might be useful for future moves Man City is the best defense in the league Newcastle are very good as well but Man City are the best so in any given game week they've got a good chance of getting a clean sheet and they've got a better fixture in game week four. So Man City play Fulham at home. Newcastle play Brighton away. Of course, with Diaz, you don't quite have the attacking threat that Trippier has. And his minutes probably aren't quite as good. Like, I think out of all the Man City defenders, Diaz probably has the best minutes. But if he was benched, like, once in the next kind of six to eight game weeks, would it be a massive shock? No, because it's Man City. So that's something to bear in mind as well. With Trippier... I think even though he's not had an attack and return yet, he's put up 0.23 expected assists per 90. And they have had some fairly difficult fixtures as well. So that's worth bearing in mind. I think in terms of his minutes, they're probably fine. Although obviously they have bought Liveramento now. So we might see Trippier possibly get the odd rest. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it could happen, especially with Champions League. Or he could just get subbed off early in some games. I think for now, that's not something to worry about. But as we go through the next kind of four to five games, we'll obviously see how Eddie Howe is going to use him. But I wouldn't let that kind of put me off buying him. Um, and I also think from a defensive point of view, yes, Newcastle aren't as good as Man City, but they're not that far off. 
And if you look at the numbers from the games they've had so far, okay, Villa wasn't great, 1.9 expected goals conceded, but against Man City, the best attack in the league, 1.09 expected goals conceded, pretty decent, especially away from home. And against Liverpool, it was 0.95. So although they conceded twice, the quality of the chances they conceded wasn't that high. I know they were, obviously, Liverpool were down to 10 men for a large majority of that game, but still, that's pretty impressive from Newcastle, and the fixtures are about to get better. For what it's worth, I don't think Trippier is a must-have for Brighton away, but if you need to make a defender transfer because you've got injuries and stuff like that, and you want him for that good run afterwards, there is no harm in bringing him in in game week four. If you've got room for both, you could go Diaz this week and Trippier next week, but again, each of you individually are going to have to look at your own teams and work out plans for kind of future moves. In terms of cheaper defenders, Gusto is someone you could look to bring in in the short term. I spoke about him on the transfer tips video yesterday. Udogi is very popular for Spurs. Not surprising. Five points against Man United, 12 points in game week three. I do like him. I already own him. I've had him since game week one. The only thing I would be careful about is how often you need to play him. Because Burnley away and Sheffield United at home, game weeks four and five are decent. But in game week six and seven, it's Arsenal away and Liverpool at home. I would not expect clean sheets or attacking returns in either of those games so he is someone that you'd want to rotate in and out he does rotate very nicely with Estrepinian so that's also worth bearing in mind if he's someone you want to keep and you want to play doggy in the good fixtures and bench him in the more difficult ones then you could do that also obviously with Newcastle Trippier isn't the only defender you could consider Fabian Scherer at five million very good goal threat not quite as high as Trippier in terms of overall attack and returns, but I'm sure he's going to get some goals from set pieces this year, and he costs 1.5 million less. It's obviously worth noting that Botman did go off with an injury. At the time recording this, we still don't have an update about how long he might be out for, but I don't think, even if he was out for a while, I think with the fixtures that Newcastle have got and how good their defence is in general, it probably wouldn't put me off buying their players. So if you want to go for the double up, or just to have a player that's a lot less than Trippier, I would look at Cher, and obviously if Botman is fit, you can look at him as well, because he's only 4.5. And then we shouldn't forget about Brentford. I put Rico Henry there, 4.6 million. You could go for Pinnock as well. Their fixtures are still pretty good. they got Bournemouth at home this week. Okay, Newcastle away in game week five is difficult, but Everton at home is good. Forest away in game week seven is good. Burnley at home in game week nine. You just probably wouldn't want to play him in game weeks five or eight, Newcastle and Man United away. But we shouldn't forget about them. If you haven't got Flecken, and you want to target their defense, they're, uh, sorry, Henry or Pinnock are both good options as well. So let me know, if you're making a defender transfer this week, who are you bringing in? Is there anyone I've missed? Leave me a comment below. All right, let's get into some of your questions. So what should we do with Pickford? And is a goalkeeper transfer worth it? Now, I'm going to talk about goalkeeper transfers more generally, first of all. And really, they should be weighed up like any other move that you're thinking about making. So ask yourself these things. Is this the best use of my transfer? Is there someone more important I should be changing instead? right? Is it worth rolling and having two free transfers the following game week plus extra information? And is this move going to net me more points, not just in the long run, but also in the game week that I'm actually making the transfer? And if you go through all those things and you think a goalkeeper move is the best for your team, then that is what you should do. I'm definitely not against them. I think last year outside of wildcard, I made one or two goalkeeper transfers. So if the time is right, I'm all for it, but you need to weigh it up like any other move. On Pickford, I did tweet about this. I think if I was wildcarded now, or if I could go back to game week one, 
I, of course, wouldn't go for him in my squad, but I think it's being overblown just how bad of a pick he is. And ultimately, what's already happened doesn't matter. It's all about the decision-making process moving forwards. So in game week one, we got him in our squads, wasn't great. In game week two, most people played Turner for Nottingham Forest anyway. So in game week three, I had the choice to keep him or change him. Now, I could have gone to Sanchez. That would have got me an extra four points. But I also had Jackson and Chilwell. So that would then block a move for Gusto or Sterling. Not necessarily ideal. I could have gone for Flecken. And I do think he's probably the 4.5 million goalkeeper to have moving forwards. And don't get me wrong, an extra two points would have been nice. But was that worth a transfer at that particular point in time? Probably not. Had I gone for Anana, I'd be two points down. And if I'd gone for Edison for a million more, or even Johnston, I'd be on exactly the same points because they all got two pointers this week. So was it the worst decision to keep him in game week three? Probably not. So then it's about the decision-making process from game week four onwards. And he's got Sheffield United away. So is there a goalkeeper that will score more points than him in the long run? Probably. Is that goalkeeper guaranteed to outscore him in game week four? I would say probably not. And if you're rotating with Turner, you're playing Turner in game week five against Burnley at home anyway. So it just feels like a move that you can put off for another couple of game weeks. Now, I know what people are going to say. Nottingham Forest are in for another goalkeeper. That goalkeeper might become the number one, in which case you can't play Turner in game week five. And I get that. I'd rather roll the transfer and just give myself a bit of thinking time over the international break. Pickford against Sheffield United away is not a massive problem. And after that, okay, in game week five, ideally I don't want to play him against Arsenal at home. So hopefully Turner will be an option. If he's not, maybe I think about making a move then. Like Brentford away, Luton at home, Bournemouth home, they're not really that big of a deal for me. And I'd like to wait till West Ham's fixtures turn to maybe look at Ariola as well. So if you've got Flecken, absolutely fair enough. He is the goalkeeper that I would choose. But do I need to bring him in this week when he's got Bournemouth at home and Pickford's got Sheffield United away? I mean, my money would be on Brentford keeping a clean sheet and not Everton. But I just don't think it's worth the transfer. So can they be worth it? Goalkeeper transfers, yes. What should we do with Pickford? Probably have a little bit more patience and maybe think about what to do with him later on instead. At least that's what I'm probably going to do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
So should we be buying Jared Bowen for Luton away regardless of the following fixtures? And I would say no, probably not, because fixtures do matter. And straight after that game, they've got Man City at home and Liverpool away. Is Bowen capable of scoring in both of those matches? Of course he is, but they are not games that you usually want to target. So despite him doing really well in the last game against Brighton, one goal, one assist, and the goal he's already got against Bournemouth, I just don't think I would want to bring him in just for looting away if I've got to then hold him through Man City at home and Liverpool away. And I don't think he's good enough to warrant using a transfer to get him in and then take him straight back out. The only time I would look at one-game punts like that is when you know you're definitely wildcarding the next week. So if you've decided you're going to wildcard in game week five, then of course you can get Bowen in game week four and then just wildcard back out of it. But I would say that most people haven't already decided on that. I think the better time to look at bringing him in would be from game week seven onwards because they've got Sheffield United at home, Newcastle at home, Villa away, Everton at home, Brentford away, Forest at home. That is just a really good fixture run. And you could say, well, you bring him in in game week four, holding through those bad fixtures to have him ahead of the good ones. But I still don't think it's worth it with Man City and Liverpool. And as well, if you look at the fixtures in game week four, there's plenty of other players that also have a really good fixture and better fixtures afterwards as well. So take Brentford, for example. If you haven't already got Burmo, he's got Bournemouth at home, which I would say is just as good as Luton away. And then the fixtures afterwards are better. Even someone like Eze has got Wolves at home and better fixtures afterwards. Sterling's got Forrest at home, better fixtures afterwards. So Bowen is a good player, and I like him because he's absolutely nailed on. His minutes are fantastic in that team. Even with Kudus coming in, He's still going to play pretty much every single game. But I just think there's much better options because of the fixtures. Can he outscore all those players I've just mentioned in game week four? Possibly. But I'd argue probably not from game weeks four to game week six. So am I considering attacking the fixtures with an early wild card? And I would have to say the answer is probably not. Like nothing I've seen in the first three game weeks makes me think I need to drastically change my team outside of maybe Jordan Pickford. I'm pretty happy with how it's set up. And that also includes the next few weeks as well. Now, my thoughts in pre-season were that I'd possibly wildcard in game week nine because that's when there's a fixture swing for Liverpool in particular. So I might want Salah and Trent. It's also when Chelsea's fixtures get worse as well. So I might use it then, but I haven't decided for definite on that. So I'm happy to give it a few more weeks, then make the decision. And obviously, if I do decide to use it in game week nine, I'll change the transfers that I make before it. If I'm still undecided, I'll just keep playing what's in front of me and then decide later on. If I've got to hold it even later than game week nine, I'm perfectly happy to do that. So there's nothing I've seen so far that makes me think a wild card is needed. Plus, most of us are already pretty well set up with the fixtures that are coming up. So I looked on Fantasy Football Hub. They've got a fixture analyzer. If you want to use this and all the other tools, links in the description below. And if you look at the best fixtures from now until game week eight which is possibly right before i might wild card if we look at the teams that are going to score the most goals well of course man city is right up there i've already got harlan i've spoken lots of times about not really wanting many of their other attackers because of minutes and stuff like that liverpool are good too but there's no fixtures there where i would want to captain salah so i'm more than happy to have the likes of saka arsenal are third man united who are sixth um newcastle are on there as well they're a team that i'm going to consider over the next few weeks but i also think that minutes might be an issue there Isaac keeps getting subbed off early gordon could be an option but what if harvey barnes you know starts on that left wing so it's not even like they're a dead sir i don't have any attackers from brighton but i think their fixture is about to get a little bit worse plus i've already got in burmo from brentford i've got jackson from chelsea i'm thinking about getting sterling i could get madison instead so out of the kind of top what eight nine teams 
I've already got most of them covered. And if we look at clean sheets, again, it's Man City, Newcastle. I'm thinking about getting Trippier soon. I've already got Chilwell from Chelsea. I've got Saliba from Arsenal. I can rotate Udogi and Estrepinian. There's not really anything I'm seeing there that I don't already have. Whereas if we go a little bit later from game week 9 to say, I don't know, game week 18, and then we look at goals, Liverpool are right at the top. But more importantly, there's fixtures there where I might consider captaining Salah. So in game week 9, he's got Everton at home. Haaland's got Brighton at home. Uh, in game week 12, he's got Brentford at home. Haaland's got Chelsea away. And look, I'm not saying I would definitely go against Haaland. It went really wrong for me last year. But that is a fixture on where I'd find it hard to go without Salah. Whereas right now, it feels a bit easier. And I'm, there might be other teams that I want to target as well. So again, Chelsea kind of come uh, a bit further down the list because their fixtures get harder. So that swing to get rid of Chelsea, get Liverpool and make some other changes as well, including the goalkeeper might be the best time to use it so the answer is no i think most of us are already attacking the fixtures that we got and unless you've been kind of really screwed over with injuries and stuff like that most people probably don't need a wild card this early so this is a good follow-up question assuming salah stays at liverpool should he be talked about more it's hardly been mentioned that he's returned in every game so far and he has been consistent five points in each of his first three game weeks but it actually gets better than that if you look at his last nine league games for liverpool he's returned in every single one and if you look at his last 20 starts in the league He's got 13 goals and 10 assists, 23 returns in 20 starts. The guy is incredible, but the thing is, none of this is news. We all know how good he is. There's a reason he's 12.5 million, but for most people to pay that price in FPL, you need to be able to captain him. And if we look at the fixtures they've got coming up, like some of them are pretty good. Like Villa at home, Wolves away, West Ham at home, they're the next three. Then it spurs away and Brighton away. Now, they're not bad fixtures, but they're not really ones you'd necessarily target for captaincy or at least worry about. So the next three are probably more important, the Villa, Wolves and West Ham games. But then you look at Haaland and who has he got? Fulham at home, West Ham away and Forest at home. So you'd probably argue they're better. So do I feel like I need Salah? Not really. I mean, I said this last week, if you already own him and you don't need the money for other moves, he is perfectly fine to keep hold of. But if you don't need, sorry, if you do need the money for other moves or you don't already own him, he's not a necessity right now because you're probably not going to captain him. And yes, he's been consistent, but five points a game for 12 and a half million is not really massive or anything like that. So I just don't see the need for him right now. And look, if you've watched my videos for a long time, you know how much I love the guy. He's been great in FPL, the absolute goat over the last six seasons. But right now it feels like the time to really think about him is game week eight or nine onwards because that's when the fixtures get much, much better for Liverpool. So it's not that he's a bad option. It's just that most people don't really have a good way to bring him in without sacrificing too much. In fact, if you look at my current team... If I wanted to get him in, I've got 1.4 million in the bank, two free transfers. Rashford would have to go because he's the most expensive midfielder that I've got. So I put Salah in. I've got to find 2.1 million from somewhere. There's not really anywhere that I want to do it. Like, even if I downgraded another midfielder like Saka, I could get someone at 6.5, like Eze or Diaby maybe, or someone like that. But is that a better combination? Salah and Eze or Saka and Rashford. I mean, you could argue that the Salah combination is better, but I'm not particularly worried about making moves like that until I want to captain him, because I think overall there's better chances that I can make for my team. So yeah, he is consistent, and that is going to continue, 
But whether or not he's worth 12.5 million without Katsi, I still think he's up for debate. And right now, I'm not really panicking about him. So are we too late to get in Burmo? I would say definitely not. If you're looking for a new midfielder under 7 million, he's still one of the best options to go for. And if you take a look at Brentford's fixtures, they're pretty good right up until game week 9. So this week, they got Bournemouth at home. Then in game week five, it's Newcastle away. Now, of course, that is much tougher. But the thing I like about Brentford and in Burma in particular, when they have those tougher games, they tend to play with a back three. So rather than Burma being off the right, he plays as a striker in the front two instead. You'd still rather have a better fixture, but it's not the end of the world if you have to play him in that game. Then it's Everton at home in game week six, Forest away in game week seven, Man United away in game week eight. So same thing there, he'll play as a striker. And then Burnley at home in game week nine. So in the next six game weeks, he's got four really good fixtures. And the other two, he's going to play as a striker. We know he's absolutely nailed on. His minutes are great. He's on penalties. There's no Europe or anything like that to worry about. Even for his now 6.8 million price tag, he's still well worth going for. And the other thing that's improved is not just his starts, but because Tony is out, he seems to be playing 90 minutes in every single game as well. So there's just so much to like about him. And I still think if I was buying someone again now in and around that six, uh, 6.5 million price tag, he is the one that I would go for ahead of Eze, Diaby, any of the Newcastle players, Brighton players. And I think if I'm still thinking that after three game weeks, he must be good. So is it too late? No, I would say it's probably not. If you are going to buy him, it probably does have to be this week because would I really want him for Newcastle away, like buying him brand new? Brandy, that sounds a bit weird, right? Like you're buying a new toy or something. But would I want to buy him in game week five? Not as much. But I think if you need someone this week, he is the one that I would go for. So who would I get? Sterling or Jackson as my third Chelsea player? Now, if you're asking me who I think is going to score the most points over the next four to five game weeks, I'd probably lean slightly more towards Sterling. I do think that Jackson's goal threat is going to be a bit higher. But because Sterling is listed as a midfielder, he gets an extra point for a goal and an extra point for a clean sheet. And over four to five weeks, that can add up. From a minutes perspective... I think they're both pretty good right now. But if I had to predict who's more likely to lose minutes in the future, it's probably going to be Jackson because of his inexperience. Like The transfer window is still open until Friday. Chelsea might sign new attackers. But I just feel like whoever they sign is not going to have an effect on Sterling. I think he plays no matter what. Whereas if they sign someone that can play number nine, and with Broya coming back after the international break, Jackson might see reduced minutes. I'm not saying he's going to be benched anytime soon. But these little things, being listed as a midfielder, better minutes, over four to five weeks, they can add up. So who do I think will score the most points? Probably Sterling, but not by a huge amount. And this is going to sound a bit stupid, but that's not really all there is to it. Like, if your only choice is 3-5-2 with Sterling or 3-4-3 with Jackson, fair enough, you go for the most points. But if you need to fill one midfield spot and one forward spot, and you can only pick one Chelsea player... Then the conversation also has to be about the other options in those spots. So when it comes to forwards, obviously Haaland's in everyone's teams. I don't think it's necessarily the right time to buy Watkins. Jesus only just back from injury. Wilson is only on the bench most games. Isaac gets subbed off early. The point I'm trying to make is there's not a huge amount of forwards. You could go for Alvarez. He's played 90 minutes in every Man City game so far. But outside of that, like even our knee that people keep commenting on the videos about, Chelsea away, Man City away, next three game weeks. I know he scored a lot of goals in a row, but they are still not fixtures that I would want to target. So I think for me, there's so few options in the forward line that I would want to go for. I'd probably go for Jackson and choose a different midfielder. So you've got Madison, Foden, Eze still in Burmo. 
Like there's loads of good midfield uh, midfield options. I feel like not necessarily the same with forwards. So even though I think Sterling will probably score the most points, I think Jackson plus Madison makes more sense than like I don't know, like a Sterling Awani. So for that reason, I'd probably pick Jackson. So hopefully that's helped your decision. If you've enjoyed that video, give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. Links in the description below. And I'll catch you tomorrow for team selection. Sports Social Podcast Network.